Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. I remember the lurch when I went to the desk and I said, uh, Mr. Weinstein, is he on the patio? And they said, he's in his room. And I was like, ugh, kidding me. But you went up because? I had a business appointment, which is as that's, you know, his pattern of sexual predation. That was how he rolled. She already knew something about sexual predation. She's written about being sexually assaulted when she was young and the terror you feel before you're trapped. And in a pattern so many women say happened to them too, she says the man inside began insistent pressure. There's this constant grooming negotiation going on. I thought no meant no. She so says he first asked no, to give her a massage because she must be tired and then asked for her to give him one. I fought with this volley of no's which he ignored, who knows, maybe he heard them as maybe, maybe he heard them as yeses, maybe they turned him on. She says know. he steered her into a but hallway near a closet. He asked me to pick out his suit for the day. She and also says she remembers the bathroom just, how, just ahead, how, how no exit. How, you know, I have totally frozen in my mind the floor plan and where the door was behind me and then eventually where that closet was. And she says so she wouldn't sit down. She remained standing as she cowered in the hall five and to seven minutes yeah, I mean, and says at one point he asked her to come into the bathroom and watch him take a shower. I had with me a list of the different defenses the women who've come forward say they tried to use to escape. That light tone of voice designed not to offend someone powerful. Laughing, frozen panicked. One person said, I sang. Yeah. I just started singing. We act like we're about between three and six years old in those moments. But she has an idea. Science Make a deal. An so encounter someday. And he kept coming back at me with all this other stuff. And finally, I just said, when I win an Oscar in one of your movies, okay? And he was like, yeah, when you get nominated. I said, no when I win an Oscar. And then I just fled, and then I just fled. Which I think, you know, am I, am I proud of that? The, I'm of two minds. The part that shames myself says no. The part of me that understands the way shame works says that was absolutely brilliant, good job, kid. You got out of there. Well done. It's a very important word, shame, and it's a very important thing to talk about. So we all do the best we can, and our best is good enough. And it's really okay to have responded however we responded.
She says afterwards she had trouble grasping what had happened, but told her parents enough they could see how shaken she was. And she told other people in private, agents, actors, people who worked in Hollywood at a time when Hollywood turned a blind eye. And if I could go back retrospectively with a magic wand and say, I wish I could prevent, I wish I could prevent it for anyone always. I don't know that I would have been believed. And who was I to tell? I knew it was disgusting. Like, was I going to tell the concierge who sent me up to the room? There are photos from that time, the, the Vanity Fair Oscar party, this one released to us by Harvey Weinstein. He's put up this picture. Ugh. Journey said, this shows that you were friends, that you were fine, that he even tried to fix you up with his brother or did fix you up with his brother. She says they had tea in public. So you were friends. No, that's deny, attack, reverse the order of offender and victim. And she points to a different picture from that same event. And I hoped I wouldn't pass him, but I did and he obviously grabbed my hand. It's like the look on my face is abject terror. Like, I can see it in my eyes. Your elbow, yeah. it seems like, to be pushing him yeah. back while you're holding his hand. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, uh, it's very gross. It's very gross. I feel for that 28, 29-year-old woman. Welcome to Human Monsters. The 1990s was the golden age of independent film. After decades of struggling to gain audiences in the shadows of the major Hollywood studios, independent films mostly prospered in drive-in theaters, the midnight movie circuit of the 1970s, and on home video. With the creation of the Sundance Film Festival and the formation of Miramax, a film production and distribution company founded and managed by brothers Harvey and Bob Weinstein in 1979, the business of independent film blossomed steadily into a major player in the world of cinematic entertainment until it was sold. Later, the Weinstein brothers would form the Weinstein Company, which produced television programs as well as films. An important breakthrough occurred in 1994, when Quentin Tarantino's film Pulp Fiction won the Cannes Film Festival's coveted Palme d'Or Award before the film went on to make $213 million on a budget of between $8 and $9 million. Pulp Fiction was produced and distributed by Miramax, and its founders and owners were now competing head-to-head with the Hollywood studios. Harvey Weinstein's power and reach within the industry was without precedent considering that he was an impresario of independent film. Harvey Weinstein's transition from impresario to mogul appeared to have corrupted him, for he was known to flaunt and abuse his power. Weinstein was a horrible boss who verbally abused his employees, terrorizing them with insults and other humiliating tactics. Examples abound. He once declared to his staff that one intern was to be known and addressed as, quote, fuckface. He fired workers on the spot. He once threw a framed photograph across the room. The following quote from Rosie O'Donnell details her encounter with Harvey Weinstein. 
I knew that Harvey Weinstein was a guy who used the casting couch and was like a big bragger about everyone he took to bed. I knew that Harvey Weinstein was a horrible man when he called me a cunt to my face. The first movie by M. Night Shyamalan, Wide Awake, was his directorial debut. It was a Miramax film. I was in it with Dana Delaney and Dennis Leary. He finished the film, turned it in, and Harvey didn't like the cut. So Harvey recut his film. The kid was only 26. He called me crying and said, Could you go with me to the meeting? I went with him to the meeting. He and I were in this meeting. He and I were in this meeting, and I said to Harvey, You don't tell Picasso more blue. You're the guy who frames it and sells it. You're not the artist here. At that, he said, You fucking cunt. You fucking talk show host wannabe piece of shit. I said, Well, this will be our last conversation, sir. As Rosie O'Donnell pointed out, Weinstein did make use of the casting couch on a regular basis, and as with his business dealings, he did not accept no as an answer. I have broken the story of Weinstein's history of sex offenses into chapters, and in many cases I leave it to the victims to tell the story. Chapter 1. Alice Evans Actress Alice Evans appeared in a Weinstein-produced television program, The Vampire Diaries. She wrote an essay in The Telegraph detailing her encounter with Weinstein. In 2002, at the Cannes Film Festival, Weinstein complimented a recent audition her then-boyfriend, Rufud, had done for one of Weinstein's films. Then, seemingly out of nowhere, Weinstein allegedly asked Evans to follow him into the bathroom. Just go, I'm right behind you. I want to touch your tits. Kiss you a little. She alleges Weinstein told her. When she rejected him, she says Weinstein retorted, Let's hope it all works out for your boyfriend. The next day, she was told her boyfriend was not selected for the part. Evans says that after that incident, she was never again considered for a Weinstein film, and neither was her boyfriend. Chapter 2, Amber Anderson Amber Anderson appeared in a film called Riot Club. This is her account of being sexually harassed by Harvey Weinstein. I was 20 years old when in 2013 Harvey Weinstein coerced me into a private meeting indicating I could not take anyone along with me, and dismissing staff who were present. Once we were alone, the mood immediately changed. He behaved inappropriately and propositioned a, quote, personal relationship to further my career whilst bragging about other actresses he had, quote, helped in a similar way. He told me not to tell anyone I was alone with him. Told me if I did it, it might affect my, quote, opportunities. He tried to take my hand and put it in his lap, which is when I managed to leave the room. Sadly, all of us at some point have had to navigate men like this. It doesn't matter if it's in a hotel room or when you walk down the street. It's just as bad. Your fear makes them feel strong, while you feel just as powerless. You're worried that you won't be believed or taken seriously. Thank you to the brave women who spoke up. It's important that any victim of sexual harassment or assault can see that change is being made, that they can make a difference, and shouldn't be afraid to talk about it. We should be all be talking about it all the time. Chapter 3. Ambra Batilana Gutierrez Ambra Batilana Gutierrez is a Filipina-Italian model. She said that Weinstein groped her and tried to force her into his hotel room. 
She can be heard on a secret recording that was made by the NYPD as an effort to catch Weinstein in the act. Though she tried to get Weinstein to confess to his crimes, no charges were laid. She was subject to slanderous coverage in the tabloid press. Many women were reluctant to come forward with their own allegations due to the reception Gutierrez received from the press. Chapter 4, Angelina Jolie. Actress Angelina Jolie was quoted as saying, I had a bad experience with Harvey Weinstein in my youth, and as a result, chose never to work with him again, and warn others when they did. This behavior towards women in any field, any country, is unacceptable. Chapter 5, Angie Everhart. Actress Angie Everhart stayed on the same boat as Weinstein during their attendance one year at the Venice Film Festival. She told KLOS Radio that she woke up one night to the sight of Weinstein standing above her bed. To quote Everhart, All of a sudden he takes his pants down and starts doing his stuff. He's blocking the door. I can't get out and he... I don't know how to say this on the radio, but he finishes on the carpet of the floor. Chapter 6. Ashley Judd Actress Ashley Judd turned up for a breakfast meeting with Weinstein, but instead of discussing business, Weinstein told her that she had one of two options, give him a massage or watch him take a shower. Chapter 7. Ashley Mathau Ashley Mathau is a dancer who appeared in the film Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights. The film was shot in Puerto Rico, and at one point Weinstein visited the set. He pursued Mathel aggressively despite having been informed by her that she was engaged. This meant nothing to Weinstein. After dinner one evening, Weinstein demanded that she get into his car with him under the pretense that they would discuss business matters. According to Mathel, he reassured her by saying, Don't worry, nothing is going to happen. Eventually, they ended up in his hotel room where he approached her aggressively in pursuit of sex. Mathau declined to participate, and in response, Weinstein forced her onto the bed and fondled her breasts. He removed his clothes and masturbated while straddling her. To quote Mathau, I kept telling him, stop, I'm engaged. But he kept saying, it's just a little cuddling, it's not a problem. It's not like we're having sex. Once she returned home to California, Mathau pursued legal action. She reached a $100,000 settlement and agreed to a legally binding confidentiality agreement. She has chosen to speak publicly about her experiences with Weinstein. To quote Mathau, I want to do my part to help bring this to light so it doesn't happen with other people in Hollywood or anywhere else. Chapter 8, Asia Argento. Asia Argento is an Italian actress and director. She once recounted for the New Yorker a disturbing experience when Weinstein forced oral sex on her when she was 21 years old. To quote Argento, A big fat man wanting to eat you. It's a scary fairy tale. Argento later engaged in consensual sex with Weinstein on several occasions over a five-year period. She did this because she felt she was obligated due to obtaining a role in a movie produced by his company. Chapter 9, Cara de Levigne. Cara de Levigne is a model and actress. This is a first-hand account of her experience with Harvey Weinstein. When I first started to work as an actress, I was working on a film and I received a call from Harvey Weinstein asking if I had slept with any of the women I was seen out with in the media. It was a very odd and uncomfortable call. 
I answered none of his questions and hurried off the phone. But before I hung up, he said to me that if I was gay or decided to be with a woman, especially in public, that I'd never get the role of a straight woman or make it as an actress in Hollywood. A year or two later, I went to a meeting with him in the lobby of a hotel with a director about an upcoming film. The director left the meeting and Harvey asked me to stay and chat with him. As soon as we were alone, he began to brag about all the actresses he had slept with and how he had made their careers and spoke about other inappropriate things of a sexual nature. He then invited me to his room. I quickly declined and asked his assistant if my car was outside. She said it wasn't and wouldn't be for a bit and I should go to his room. At that moment, I felt very powerless and scared, but I didn't want to act that way, hoping that I was wrong about the situation. When I arrived, I was relieved to find another woman in his room and thought immediately I was safe. He asked us to kiss, and she began some sort of advances upon his direction. I swiftly got up and asked him if he knew that I could sing, and I began to sing. I thought it would make the situation better, more professional, like an audition. I was so nervous. After singing, I said again that I had to leave. He walked me to the door and stood in front of it and tried to kiss me on the lips. I stopped him and managed to get out of the room. I still got the part for the film and always thought that he gave it to me because of what happened. I was also terrified that this sort of thing had happened to so many women I know, but no one had said anything because of fear. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chapter 10, Cynthia Burr. Cynthia Burr is an actress. She first met Weinstein in the lobby of a New York City building. To quote Burr, it was just him and me alone. I was fearful and I didn't have the wherewithal to get away. She reported that he came onto her in an elevator before he unzipped his pants in a hallway and forced her to perform oral sex on him. To quote Burr, the way he forced me made me feel really bad about myself. What are you going to do when you're just a girl just trying to make it as an actress? Nobody would have believed me. Chapter 11. Dawn Dunning. Dawn Dunning is an actress, though when she met Weinstein in 2003, she was a design school student and a waitress at a nightclub. She was invited by Weinstein to screen test at Miramax. He told her he would give her parts in three movies if she agreed to have a threesome with him. When she refused, he told her she would never make it in Hollywood. Chapter 12, Emily Nestor. Emily Nestor worked at the offices of the Weinstein Company, starting as a temp in 2014. She was informed by other members of the staff that she was Weinstein's type. Weinstein pressured her into meeting with him one-on-one, whereupon he told her about his various sexual encounters with a number of celebrities. She had to decline his sexual invitations over ten times. To quote Nestor, It's a pretty clear case of sexual harassment when your superior, the CEO, asks one of their inferiors, a temp, to have sex with him, essentially in exchange for mentorship. Due to her experiences with Weinstein, Nestor was deterred from pursuing a career in the entertainment industry. Chapter 13, Emma de Con. 
Emma DeCone is an actress. When she was in her early 30s, she met Weinstein, who convinced her to go up to his hotel room so he could give her a book upon which an upcoming film was based. Once they were in the room, Weinstein exposed himself to her and ordered her to lie down on the bed. He told her he had done it to other women. Chapter 14, Florence Durrell. Florence Durrell is an actress. She was in her mid-twenties when Weinstein began pursuing her. She rejected him consistently. One day she was invited by him to meet at his hotel room to talk about potential films she could act in. Her agent told her she couldn't afford to pass up the opportunity. The meeting emphasized business in the beginning, but the tone soon shifted when he asked her to have sex with him and be his mistress. This while Weinstein's wife was in the suite next door. He notified Durrell that if she slept with him, they could work together for years. Chapter 15. Gwyneth Paltrow Actress Gwyneth Paltrow disclosed an incident that occurred when she was 22 years old. She met with Weinstein under the pretense of discussing work-related matters. The meeting concluded with Weinstein suggesting they adjourn to his room for massages. Chapter 16. Jessica Barth Jessica Barth is an actress. She met Harvey Weinstein at a Golden Globes party in 2011. He invited her to a business meeting at his hotel. Throughout the meeting, he alternated between offering her film roles and demanding that she massage his nude body in bed. Chapter 17. Judith Godrich Judith Godrich is a French actress and director. She met with Weinstein during the 1996 Cannes Film Festival. She accepted his invitation to meet with him in his hotel room under the assumption that they would discuss collaborating on future film projects and even a potential Oscar campaign. Uh, Weinstein asked her for a massage and told her that it was a common American custom. He then attempted to undress her. When she told other people who worked at Miramax, they urged her to keep it to herself. Chapter 18, Heather Graham. Actress Heather Graham met with Harvey Weinstein and he reportedly said to her, I want to put you in one of my movies. He went on to inform her that he had an arrangement with his wife that allowed him to pursue sexual relations with other women while he was out of the United States. After that meeting, Graham avoided meeting with Weinstein on a one-to-one -one basis. Chapter 19, Heather Kerr. Heather Kerr is an actress and acting coach. Weinstein sexually assaulted her during what was supposed to be a business meeting. To quote Kerr, Weinstein grabbed her hand and forced it onto his penis and held it there. When she pulled her hand away, he said, This is how things work in Hollywood, and all actresses who'd made it did it this way. She quit acting after the incident. Chapter 20. Hope Exene Demore. Hope Exene Demore worked for a concert promotion company that Weinstein owned in the 70s before he started Miramax. She agreed to accompany him to New York City to meet people in the industry, which held the promise of furthering her career. Once in the hobby of the hotel, Weinstein approached her and informed her that the hotel mistakenly booked them for one room instead of two. Demore agreed to share a room with him, seeing the situation at worst as ridiculous. As she was falling asleep, Weinstein slipped into her bed, naked. To quote Damore, I told him no. I kept pushing him away. He just wouldn't listen. He just forced himself on me. 
he went on to force oral sex and intercourse on her. After the trip, Damore continued to work for Weinstein, and he continued to ask her out, offering to sweeten the deal by taking her shopping for luxury items. She declined every time, and he fired her. It was a relief, she said, of her dismissal. She went on to say, This has haunted me my entire life. I hated being there. That was where her film industry dreams ended. Chapter 21, Kate Beckinsale. Actress Kate Beckinsale was called to Weinstein's hotel suite at the age of 17. To quote Beckinsale, he opened the door in his bathrobe. I was incredibly naive and young, and it did not cross my mind that this older, unattractive man would expect me to have any sexual interest in him. After declining alcohol and announcing that I had school in the morning, I left, uneasy but unscathed. A few years later, he asked me if I had tried anything with me in that first meeting. I realized he couldn't remember if he had assaulted me or not. She went on to say that throughout her career, she had to turn him down on multiple occasions. Chapter 22, Catherine Kendall. Actress Catherine Kendall was invited to Weinstein's New York City apartment at the age of 23. She assumed his interest in her was purely professional. That is, until he left the room and returned clad only in a bathrobe. He asked her for a massage, and when she refused, he left again and returned fully naked. When she tried to leave, he blocked her from doing so and asked her to at least show him her breasts. Chapter 23, Laura Madden. Laura Madden worked for Miramax and publicly disclosed years later that Weinstein frequently asked her for massages in 1991. She obliged, but one day she locked herself in the bathroom of his hotel room and broke down into tears. Chapter 24, Lauren Hawley. After reading a New York Times expose about Weinstein's sexual misconduct, actress Lauren Hawley was, quote, floored because it was my story. In the late 1990s, Hawley was in her 30s and established a successful career in Hollywood. She had worked for Weinstein over the years. She once met with him under the pretense of discussing business at his hotel, which is not unusual in the film industry, so she was not nervous. At first, they only discussed business, but then he left the room and returned wearing only a bathrobe. He continued to discuss business matters with her, but as he did so, he dropped his robe and went to the bathroom, whereupon he used the toilet. He proceeded from there to use the shower. Once he was finished, he dried himself but did not put the robe back on and advanced toward her. He told her she looked stressed and suggested a massage would assuage her anxiety. He also suggested she give him a massage. When Holly decided to leave, Weinstein became angry and told her that leaving would negatively impact her career. To quote Holly, I pushed him and ran. She told associates later that night about what happened and they advised her to keep quiet about it. Chapter 25, Lauren Sivan. Lauren Sivan is a television reporter. In 2007, Weinstein cornered her in a hallway of a restaurant, out of view of the public, and attempted to kiss her, but she rejected him. After being rebuffed by her, he masturbated to completion in front of her. Chapter 26, Lauren O'Connor. Lauren O'Connor once worked as Harvey Weinstein's assistant. She has said that the atmosphere at his company was toxic. She went on to say that when she was 28 years old, he pressured her into giving him a massage while he was naked. Chapter 27, Lea Seydoux. Lea Seydoux is an actress. After meeting Weinstein and his assistant in the lobby of a hotel, he invited her up to his room for a drink. Once his assistant left, he jumped on Seydoux and attempted to kiss her. 
She managed to push him off. She also witnessed him making unwanted advances toward women at several events. To quote Seydu, everyone knew what Harvey was up to and no one did anything. That's only possible because he has a huge amount of power. Chapter 28, Lena Headey. Lena Headey is an actress. While working on the Brothers Grimm, Weinstein pulled her aside and made suggestive comments to her. She declined to participate in what he proposed to her. The next time she was in Los Angeles, she agreed to meet him in his hotel room for work-related matters, as he told her he had a script in his room he wanted to show her. She made it clear she would not accompany him to his room for any other reason but work. To quote Hetty, I don't know what possessed me to speak out at that moment, only that I had such a strong sense of don't come near me. When his room key didn't work, he became angry and walked her downstairs to the front door, where he sent her away in a taxi. To quote Hetty, I got into my car and I cried. Chapter 29, Liza Campbell. Liza Campbell is a British socialite who worked as a script reader for Miramax at the time that he lured her into his hotel room. After discussing business matters, his assistant left, whereupon he went to the bathroom, drew a bath, and invited her to join him. Chapter 30, Louisette Geis. Louisette Geis is an actress and producer. She met with Weinstein at the Sundance Film Festival in 2008 to pitch a movie to him. To quote Geis, he seemed genuinely interested in the script I had co-written. After 30 minutes, he excused himself to go to the bathroom. He returned in a robe with the front open, buck naked. He told me to keep talking about my film and that he was going to get into his hot tub, which was in the room and adjacent to his office, steps away. I kept talking as he got into the hot tub. When I finished my pitch, he asked me to watch him masturbate. I told him I was leaving. He quickly got out of the hot tub. As I went to get my purse to leave, he grabbed my forearm and pulled me to his bathroom and pleaded with me to watch him masturbate. My heart was racing, and I was very scared. Chapter 31. Louis Godbold. Louis Godbold runs a non-profit organization in Los Angeles. She details her experience with Weinstein in the 90s in the following quote, The details of what I have learned was not unique to me are out there now. The office tour that became an occasion to trap me in an empty meeting room, the begging for a massage, his hands on my shoulders as I attempted to beat a retreat, all while not wanting to alienate the most powerful man in Hollywood. Chapter 32, Lucia Evans. Lucia Evans was an aspiring actress at the time that she met Weinstein. She met with him to discuss her career and the possibility of collaborating on Miramax projects. Once this was dealt with, he forced her to perform oral sex on him. To quote Evans, the type of control he exerted, it was very real. Even just his presence was intimidating. The experience led to Evans developing mental health problems, including an eating disorder. Chapter 33, Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita Nyong'o is an actress. She had several encounters with Weinstein that she has described as disturbing. After meeting at an awards ceremony in Berlin, he invited her to his home for a screening of a film. Before arriving at his house, he took her out to lunch and pressured her to drink alcohol instead of the juice she ordered. Once at his house, she watched the film with his family. Before it ended, he told her he wanted to show her something. He took her to his bedroom and told her he wanted to give her a massage. To remain in control, she offered to give him one. When he tried to remove his pants, she told him not to and left the room. 
Still, she kept in touch with Weinstein since she was told he was the most powerful man in Hollywood. She later attended another screening with Weinstein, and after having drinks with him, he suggested they adjourn to his private room upstairs. To quote Nyong'o, he told me not to be so naive. If I wanted to be an actress, then I had to be willing to do this sort of thing. When she left, he implied that she had made a serious error that would impact her career. Chapter 34, Lysette Anthony. Lysette Anthony is an actress. She recalled that Weinstein raped her in her home and on several other occasions for years. To quote Anthony, I was disgusted and embarrassed, but I was at home. I thought I should just forget the whole disgusting incident. I blamed myself. Chapter 35, Marissa Coughlin. Marissa Coughlin is an actress. She met with Weinstein in the Peninsula Hotel in 1999 to talk with him about starring in one of his projects. At one point in the conversation, he suggested to her that she become one of his, quote, special friends. He told her that he had many such friends, and that if she went with him into his bathroom, he would give her career a boost. She rejected him and left. He contacted her later and told her he wanted to cast her in the lead role for one of his films. He flew her to New York City, where they had several outings resembling dates, and that he invited her to go with him to his hotel room at the end of the night on all occasions. She declined, and the role went to someone else. Chapter 36, Melissa Sage Miller. Melissa Sage Miller is an actress. Throughout production of the film Get Over It, Weinstein made several unwanted sexual advances toward her. One was during a lunch meeting. The second was an invitation to go to his hotel room to, quote, discuss the script. The third consisted of having Sage Miller driven to his private plane, despite her having already made travel arrangements. To quote Sage Miller, I will definitely say that the whole atmosphere with my agents there at the time, and with everyone in the business, including his producer partner, who was a woman, was like, don't cause any trouble. Don't say anything. You're not going to be that girl, because it will definitely hurt your career. This is Harvey. Harvey's Harvey. Just don't pay any attention to him. Ignore it. Just move on. I was never told, are you okay? Do you want to say something? Do you want to report this? Nothing like that. It was just, that's Harvey. Chapter 37, Minka Kelly. Minka Kelly is an actress. Minka refused to meet with Weinstein in his hotel room for a business meeting. She agreed to meet with him in a restaurant, but when his assistant left the table, Weinstein asked Kelly to be his girlfriend. To quote Kelly, I met Harvey at an industry party. The following day, my agent said he wanted to see me for a general meeting. The location was for his hotel room. I wasn't comfortable with going to his room and said so. The following day, we sat down with an assistant in the hotel restaurant. He bullshitted me for five minutes regarding movies he could put me in, then asked the assistant to excuse us. As she walked away, he said, I know you were feeling what I was feeling when we met the other night, and then regaled me with offers of a lavish life, filled with trips around the world on private planes, etc., if I would be his girlfriend, or we could just keep this professional. All I knew was not to offend this very powerful man and to get out of the situation as quickly as possible. I told him, while flattered, I'd like to keep things professional. He said, fine, I trust you won't tell anyone about this. I said, of course not. Thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me. The only way I could think of to shut it down gracefully and excuse myself. 
I immediately told my agent what happened. We marveled at his audacity, reinforced my instinct not to offend him, and laughed at how glad I was to get out of there. Neither of us were that surprised, as this wasn't far off from the day-to-day -day bullshit of being an actress. I'm sorry for obliging his orders to be complicit in protecting his behavior, which he obviously knew was wrong or he wouldn't have asked me not to tell anyone in the first place. For making him feel okay about the gross things he was saying and that I felt my only route was to say I was flattered. For not insisting that my reps never allow anyone to take a meeting in a hotel room with him or anyone else because I honestly don't know what might have happened if I'd just showed up as originally scheduled. I am appalled for all the women being told these occurrences are in any way their fault. No more Harvey Weinstein in Hollywood does not solve the problem but maybe the more voices sharing their stories and adding support to the countless women and men who have suffered through abuse of power, the less it will be tolerated. Chapter 38. Mira Sorvino Actress Mira Sorvino reported that Weinstein made several unwanted sexual advances toward her, starting with a non-consensual massage when they met in 1995 at the Toronto International Film Festival. She wrote about the experience in an essay for Time magazine, though she was initially reluctant to identify herself. To quote Sorvino, I was terrified of retaliation, not only professional, but the safety of my children. Chapter 39, Paula Wachowiak. Paula Wachowiak worked as a production assistant on Weinstein's first movie. Part of her job consisted of taking checks to Weinstein's hotel room so he could sign them. To quote Wachowiak, when I got to Weinstein's room, he let me in, but he was behind the door when it opened. When I got into the room, I realized that he was holding a hand towel around his waist. He took the envelope, dropped the towel, and sat on the bed. He asked Wachowiak questions about the payments. He asked for a massage, but she refused. To quote Wachowiak, I told him that I was happy to be part of the project, but I would not touch him. Chapter 40, Paula Williams. In 1989, Polly Williams was a model trying to break into the film industry. When she met Weinstein that year, he promised to take her to an Oscar party, where he would introduce her to some influential industry figures. To quote Williams, I was really excited to meet him. He said he was having a dinner party with a lot of people I should probably meet. He sent a car to pick her up a week later. When she arrived, she was surprised to find that only the two of them were in attendance. To quote Williams, I walk in and it's just Harvey, and he immediately starts massaging my neck. I heard him open a bottle of champagne, and I don't think I even had a sip, and he exposed himself. This was outrageous, and I wanted it to be okay when I saw him again, and I didn't want him to say anything bad about me. She escaped by hopping fences and running in heels to get away from him. She quit modeling after the incident. Chapter 41, Romola Garay Romola Garay is an actress. When she was 18, she was invited by Weinstein to audition for him in his hotel room. He was clad only in a bathrobe. She said she felt violated by it, and the memory of the incident still haunts her to this day. Chapter 42, Rosanna Arquette. Actress Rosanna Arquette was told by Weinstein in the early 90s that he had a new script for her to pick up at his hotel in Beverly Hills. Instead of meeting in the lobby, he asked her to meet him in his room. He answered wearing a robe. He asked her for a massage and made sexual advances toward her. He took her hand and put it on his neck before moving it downward toward his penis. She withdrew for him. 
She said that her refusal to engage with him sexually negatively impacted her career. Chapter 43, Rose McGowan. In 1997, actress Rose McGowan was raped by Weinstein in his hotel room in New York City. Weinstein gave her $100,000 to, quote, avoid litigation and buy peace. Years after signing a non-disclosure agreement, she publicized the experience. Chapter 44, Sarah Ann Mass. Sarah Ann Mass is an actress and writer. She was hired by Weinstein to work as a nanny to care for his three children in Connecticut. He conducted the interview dressed only in his underwear. At one point, he asked her if she would flirt with any of his friends as a means to break into the film industry. He concluded the interview by giving her a, quote, really tight, close hug that lasted for quite a long period of time. Chapter 45, Sarah Pauly. Sarah Pauly is an actress and filmmaker. Early in her career at the age of 19, she met with Weinstein, who informed her that he would help her professionally if they had a, quote, close relationship. She rejected him and has considered this action as an influence on her trajectory as a working actor. To quote Polly, I've often wondered how I would have behaved in the meeting with Harvey Weinstein had I been more ambitious as an actor. I was sitting in front of a man who wielded enormous power. If you were interested in being in movies directed by interesting filmmakers, he wasn't someone you wanted to alienate. Chapter 46, Sean Young. Actress Sean Young said that while she was working on the Miramax-produced film Love Crimes, Weinstein exposed himself to her. To quote Young, I personally experienced him pulling his you-know-what out of his pants to shock me. My basic response was, You know, Harvey, I really don't think you should be pulling that thing out. It's not very pretty. Chapter 47, Sophie Dix. Sophie Dix is an actress. She cites her experience with Weinstein as, quote, the single most damaging thing that's happened in my life. At the age of 22, she accepted his invitation to his hotel room. First, he tried to force himself on her. She managed to escape and fled to the bathroom. When she emerged from the bathroom, he was facing her and masturbating. When room service showed up, she left. Chapter 48, Tara Subkoff. Tara Subkoff is an actress. After Subkoff rebuffed Weinstein's advances one night in the 90s, he withdrew his offer to cast her in one of his films. This led to her being blacklisted from acting in Hollywood. To quote Subkoff, That night I was offered the role and I went out to a premiere after party that Harvey Weinstein was also at. He motioned for me to come over to him and then grabbed me to sit on his lap. I was so surprised and shocked I couldn't stop laughing because it was so awkward. But then I could feel that he had an erection, and I got quiet but got off his lap quickly. He then asked me to come outside with him and other things I don't want to share, but it was implied that if I did not comply with doing what he asked me to do, that I would not get the role that I had already been informally offered. 2015 marked her debut as a director, when her film Hashtag Horror premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. Weinstein condemned the film throughout the festival. Chapter 49, Tommy Ann Roberts. Tommy Ann Roberts is a psychology professor at Colorado College. She was an actress in 1984 when she met Weinstein. She described her experience with him as, quote, petrifying. When she met him, he was in the bathtub of his hotel suite and attempted to persuade her to, quote, get naked. Chapter 50, Trish Goff. Trish Goff was a model when she met Weinstein at a cocktail party in 2003. He invited her to have lunch with him. She accepted, though she was nervous because, 
Quote, he had a reputation. She was equally nervous about never working again. Weinstein booked a private room for them. To quote Goff, I asked him why he had wanted to have lunch, and he said, you were looking at me, as if to imply I was interested. I said, yes, I was looking at you because you're Harvey Weinstein, and I had never seen you before. Weinstein asked her repeatedly if she had a boyfriend, and followed that up with putting his hands on her legs. To quote Goff, when we finally stood up to go, he really started groping me, grabbing my breasts, grabbing my face, and trying to kiss me. I kept saying, please stop, please stop, but he didn't, until I managed to get back into the public space. Chapter 51, Vu Tu Fong. Vu Tu Fong is a model and actress. She was cast in the film Shanghai in 2008. Weinstein made several unwanted sexual advances toward her throughout the film's production. Due to having rebuffed Weinstein, her supporting role in the film was downgraded to an intermittent cameo. One night, Weinstein invited her to discuss new movie contracts. He showed up, quote, with only a towel around his waist. He asked her if she was comfortable with doing sex scenes. He told her, I can teach you, don't worry. Many stars have also been through this. Just treat it as necessary experiences so that you'll have a stronger foundation in the future. Chapter 52, Zoe Brock. Zoe Brock met Weinstein when she was 23 and trying to break into the fashion industry as a model. When she met with him in his hotel room, his assistant left the room and Weinstein took all of his clothes off. He asked her for a massage and greeted her refusals by offering her a massage. Frightened, she ran to the bathroom. He began to harass her by banging on the door and coaxing her to come out. At some point, he backed off, and she left the room. Chapter 53, Annabella Ciora. Actress Annabella Ciora was assaulted by Weinstein during the winter of 1993 and 94. The incident took place after an industry dinner. After he dropped her off at her apartment complex in Manhattan, he reappeared at her door and pushed it open. He thereupon overpowered her and raped her once inside. The following is a statement by Bob Weinstein from an interview with The Hollywood Reporter in 2017. I find myself in a waking nightmare. My brother has caused unconscionable suffering. As a father of three girls, I say this with every bone in my body. I am heartbroken for the women that he has harmed. I am a fighter. For my entire adult life, I fought for the films I want to see the light of day. I have fought for my employees who have dedicated their lives to achieving the vision of this company that me and my brother founded. But I cannot fight what is indefensible. The members of the board, including myself, did not know the extent of my brother's actions. I know him on a personal level better than anyone. It's hard to describe how I feel that he took out the emptiness inside of him in so many sick and depraved ways. It's a sickness, but not a sickness that is excusable. It's a sickness that is inexcusable. And I, as a brother, understood and was aware as a family member that my brother needed help and that something was wrong. I was also the object of a lot of his verbal abuse, and at one time, physical abuse. And I am not looking for one bit of sympathy from anyone. I do not put myself in the category at all of those women that he hurt. But it's a complicated situation when it's your brother doing the abusing to you as well. I saw it and I asked him to get help for many years. And that's the truth. He avoided getting the help. We begged him. This hurts, but I don't feel an ounce of remorse coming from him. And that kills me too. When I heard his written, lame excuse, 
not an excuse. When I heard his admission of feeling remorse for the victims, and then him cavalierly, almost crazily, saying he was going to go out and take on the NRA, it was so disturbing to me. It was utter insanity. My daughters all felt sick hearing this, because we understood he felt nothing. I don't feel he feels anything to this day. I don't. Weinstein's criminal trial is currently ongoing. New York prosecutors have charged him with rape, criminal sex act, sex abuse, and sexual misconduct. He has reached settlements with some of the victims, but others have opted to testify. If convicted, he could be sentenced to between 10 and 25 years in prison, if the presiding judge is lenient. The maximum penalty will be life, and he will die in prison. A fitting punishment where he will be surrounded by other human monsters. I apologize for the long absence. My previous podcast hosting site removed the show because they refused to help me resolve a billing issue. Thank you for your positive feedback and encouragement. The show is back. Stay tuned for more episodes. Special thanks to Krista Andrews for her encouragement. This has been Morgan Rector. Thank you for listening. Bye for now. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.